If you are looking for a mobile wallet to hold and access your crypto, you need to go to argent.xyz and download their smart contract wallet app right onto your Android or iOS device. Argent is the most secure way to hold money on your device while still being able to access DeFi services that we all know and love on Ethereum. Through Argent, you have one tap access to the beloved DeFi apps like Compound, Uniswap, Aave, and you can even invest directly into some yield generating assets right from your Argent wallet. Crucial to maintaining security over your assets is Argent's Guardian service, which, which allows you to use a friend to make sure that you can always restore access to your funds in case you were to ever lose your phone or for your device to break. You can also use a local hardware wallet to ensure that you can always restore access to your funds yourself. One of Argent's newest features is their ability to route trades through 10 decentralized exchanges, including Uniswap and Kyber, to make sure that you are always getting the best trade on your assets. Similarly pushing the fold on what we can do in Ethereum and DeFi, Argent has replicated some of the legacy financial services that you would expect from your bank, but put it directly into the hands of the user, such as send limits and whitelisted accounts, ensuring that if anyone were to be able to access your funds in your Argent wallet, they could only send up to a certain amount and only be able to send them to approved addresses, which is creating one of the most safe environments to hold your assets in, which is why people have put millions and millions of dollars in into the Argent wallet that they use on their device. In order to see the Argent wallet in action, go to argent.link bankless and download the Argent wallet on iOS or Android today. We're also brought to you by Monolith. Monolith is your cool new DeFi account, your DeFi savings account, your DeFi checking account. Except the cool thing about the Monolith DeFi account is that it gets software updates, right? You actually get to increase the usefulness of this over time. So here are some of the features. Monolith is a smart contract wallet with a lot of the features that you would expect if you've come to know DeFi and what it is, you can you can add money to it. You can put that money to work uh, in Compound and, and accessing yield. Uh, but you can and you can also swap through Uniswap. What was cool with Monolith is that they will send you a very sexy Monolith Visa card that connects to your smart Monolith smart contract wallet on Ethereum. So it's a really awesome tool to live a bankless life with a, a, a savings account that gets software updates. So this is, this is something that you're never gonna find out in the real world, but you can still do real world things with you know real money in, like buy your groceries. So that's just fantastic. Coming soon to Monolith, actually already here to Monolith, is now you can buy DAI and get it sent to your wallet directly, right? So it's also being an on-ramp. So you don't have to go through your centralized exchange like Coinbase or Gemini or wherever. You can just go straight from your bank account right into your Monolith checking account smart contract wallet. So check them out at monolith.xyz. Welcome Bankless Nation. We have Andrew Keys and James Slazas, who is the, uh, Andrew is the president and co-founder of Dharma Capital and Liquid Stake. And James is the CEO and co-founder of Liquid Stake. And we have them on to talk about exactly what Liquid Stake is, why this product is getting built, what it is useful for, and who should be using it. So uh, James and Andrew, welcome to the Bankless Nation. Pleasure Thank to be here. for having us. Thanks, so, David and Ryan. So the, yeah, as the, the deposit contract is here, the conversation has inevitably turned to staking Ether. And you guys have just put out your guys' introduction, your, your announcement about Liquid Stake. So if you guys want to just kind of give us the, the quick elevator pitch of Liquid Stake uh, so we could have some foundation about what this is, then we'll move forward and get into some more nitty gritty details. Great. Um, yeah, I'd love to. And, and, and basically just... Uh, there, there's two different uh, two two different offerings. We we wanted to obviously support Ethereum's movement from uh, proof of work to proof of stake, and and so we saw that need of well, if all these assets are going to be locked up, how do we get liquidity? And so we created Liquid Stake to help individuals to be able to provide to to do that, and Dharma Capital is helping institutions to to do essentially the same thing. And the, um, I would say the form is, is a little bit different between the two, but uh, it essentially um, gets you to the same spot. So for an individual, they can stake any amount of ether that they want. Um, the, uh, and, and it looks just like any other type of um, collateralized loan. They send in their ether, 
they get a loan against the collateral value of that ether. Uh, the big difference is that instead of if they had already staked it somewhere else, well, then we can't access those private keys, right? So, so they need to come through liquid stake. We then um, ask them of our, you know, three preferred, uh, uh, you know, validating service providers, um, Bison Trails, Codify, and Figment, which do you like? And then we stake that through there, right? So we have those, those keys. And they can, like I said, they can put any amount that they want to. Uh, so it doesn't have to be a full 32 lot uh, pool. Uh, additionally, all of the stakers that um, choose the same uh, validating service provider, they can, they basically have an aggregated pool. So they don't have one specific pool risk where one, one pool might get slashed or, or not. And instead, it gets aggregated across, uh, you know, everybody that's uh, in each of those. Um, and in addition to that, a little bit more technical, but um, we, we basically uh, commit our own capital to ensure that all of those pools are always uh, topped up to 32. So if there were to be any type of slashing, we just want to maximize the amount of reward rate that, uh, that each of the stakers are going to, to receive. Um, all of this is done in a, a traditional uh, collateralized loan format. And, and so as the, you know, our website will have a dashboard tracking all of your collateral and things like that. Uh, for the institutional side, institutions deal with our, our, our Dharma Capital, which is a CFTC registered in, um, investment fund. And, and there we are a, uh, a swap firm. And so we enter into a swap with, the, with our institutional client. And the reason that we, we do this is essentially non-security swaps have been around for several years. And so there is a, a lot more regulatory and tax clarity on how to treat a uh -huh. swap. And so yeah, there's a lot of different issue, uh, issues that are going around. Um, uh, POSA, Proof of uh, Stake Association, has done some phenomenal work on being able to, you know, do we, we don't actually know today that if we move from ETH1 to ETH2, is there a step up in basis? Um, are the reward rates taxable in the current year or when you dispose of those, those rewards? By James, just uh, to clarify, step up in the basis, you mean a taxable event of some kind? basically right. in the US. Yep. Yeah. And, and so for institutions where they can, they obviously know how to treat a swap. Um, they're, they're just receiving the, the swap, you know, returns. And so um, it really alleviates a lot of those kinds of, of questions. So James, this seems to be a product that, you know, we in the, the DeFi universe, uh, we, we can really resonate with because in DeFi, if you have an asset, you can generally put that into an application and then receive a loan based off of that asset. Like this is what MakerDAO does. This is what Compound does. This is what Aave does. And so I, I guess I, in the grand scheme of finance, we're kind of spoiled here because any asset that we have, we can generally get a loan out of. And this is uh, what you guys seem to be doing with liquid stake, except uh, it's for a very specific instance, which is staked Ether, which is very much unlike any other asset in the, the DeFi and Ethereum ecosystem. Uh, and so uh, the, the goal of this is just to be able to, you know, provide, I feel like, a similar comparable level of service as all the other DeFi applications, but specifically with staked Ether. Is that right? Right. And, and, and the uh, big difference, right, is that all of those assets are able to be moved. All right, so, so typically what happens is somebody goes and takes their, their crypto asset, sends it in as collateral, receives their loan. On the other end of it, you know, that, that group is then lending it out to someone else, right, so that they can borrow that asset and, and you know, a, an additional, let's say, uh, interest rate is earned. Here, the asset is locked up, right? So we can't, there, there isn't any type of rehypothecation that goes on or, or anything like that. It's just... It's held in the deposit contract, and then there is this this loan or, or you know leverage effect from from the swap. Um, the the unique part of why we're able to offer this out is is essentially because Dharma is such a large player within the uh, Ethereum ecosystem. Even though that this these assets are locked up in the deposit contract, Dharma it's, itself can help it when there's a uh, liquidity uh, event. 
So, so let's say that someone has to be, you know, that they they didn't meet their collateral calls. There's a liquidity uh, liquidation event. Um, Dharma has enough capital that it's willing to basically step up and say, we will buy that staked ether that's locked up. And it really just becomes almost a journal entry to, to our account. And so this is how we were able to solve the, the solution for being able to provide liquidity. Um, it's a lot, you know, we, it, it's kind of funny. We, I, I laugh about saying it this way. We're using a uh, centralized approach to really push decentralization. And, and I, I would say that we, we really feel strongly that given that this is a short time frame, right? Mm-hmm. We only have a year and a half, three years until we reach, you know, phase 1.5. Um, this solution basically helps bridge that gap so that we can continue to innovate because as people have more liquidity from their staked uh, ether, now they're gonna be able to do additional things with their assets, right? Super cool. All right, so a bunch of uh, questions pop up in my mind about this. First is uh, just a quick detailed question. Um, so when when somebody deposits their staked ETH, right? And you mentioned James, uh, collateral calls, right? So how are those calls made? Um, people in DeFi are used to collateral calls and maker for instance, and that's all sort of, you know, bot arbitrage and the Oracle feeds the price and you, you just get liquidated if you're in too long. People familiar with something like a, a BlockFi, for instance, um, they, they will email you, they will call if they've lent on OTC desks. It's, it's sort of similar. How do collateral calls work in uh, the liquid stake system? Yeah, it's, it's literally the same thing, um, right? We're, we're looking at this as, different trigger levels. And, and so then we, you know, whatever forms that we can get a hold of, uh, of the borrowers at, uh, obviously it'd be, uh, email notifications of saying you're X percent away from a, a margin call your, you know, uh, and then each, each level getting closer and closer until a liquidation event. Um, the, the part for us, Obviously, because this is uh, an asset that is locked down, um, once we do have a liquidation a- event, right, we do have to then liquidate the, the loan. Right. Um, so, so in our documentation, it's, you know, send us in um, a stablecoin, Bitcoin, Ether, um, any of those to be able to obviously satisfy the margin call. Interesting. Okay. So, so that's how that side works. And if I'm understanding, maybe breaking up kind of the, the retail piece and the more institutional piece, right? So the problem you're solving with liquid stake on the retail side is, I guess, uh, a fewfold. Um, one, with liquid stake, you can stake with less than 32 ETH, right? Of course, folks that have been listening to Bankless know that if you are spinning up your invalidator, you must at least have 32 ETH, which is the equivalent of, I don't know, 15K in capital. So with liquid stake, one problem solved is you can stake with less ETH than 32. Is that correct? Right. Okay. So, and another problem that you're solving is in this uh, first phase that we talked about all the way to phase 1.5, which could be a month, could be a year, could be up to three years. Maybe we'll we'll, we'll be optimistic. Maybe it's two years. Um, There's no liquidity on the ETH that you deposit as, as collateral, which means it is essentially locked inside of ETH2 until the rest of the Ethereum network is, is bridged over. So you guys are providing liquidity there. And that will come in the form of a collateralized loan. I imagine it's, it's got to be over collateralized. So what percentage uh, over collateralization are you guys doing? It's like It works out to be um, a little bit more than 50%. Okay. So 50% over collateralized loan. But in return, you get USDC, which is essentially a very liquid stable almost as good as as having fear is you have the optionality of a collateralized loan uh, uh, you don't have to and so you don't have to take it on okay. day zero you yep. can take it in increments on let's say day 30 day 60 day 90 day 180 uh, sure. you can take it on day 180 yeah. so so I think an important consideration to make is that if you do not stake with liquid stake at inception, your staked ether is ineligible for liquidity. Mm-hmm. 
right. because okay. we don't have a perfected interest in the collateral. If you do stake with liquid stake, you are able to have liquidity in the form of a loan at any point between phase zero and phase 1.5. Which Andrew is kind of nice because look, all of us here, we're ETH bulls, are we not? I mean, nod your head right. if you're an ETH bull. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so, so I, I, I may not uh, want that liquidity when price is at 400 when I deposited it, right? But I may want that liquidity when ETH shoots up to 2000 because wow, that's a lot of locked capital. And now I want to start taking out my loan. So it solves that problem. And I think the third problem it solves, again, I'm just sticking on the retail side because I know yep. Dharma is solving some other things. But on the retail side, the third problem it solves is basically like, oh boy, I have to run a validator, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Like I have to buy some hardware, run it. Um, it's easy, guys. We have a guide for it. You could do it. But if you don't want to get into that, um, you are essentially connecting them with a SaaS-based um, validator provider. So, and, and I want folks to know who are thinking about like, um, like uh, staking on something like Cosmos or, or uh, EOS or something. Those models are all a form of delegated proof of stake, which is different than what these SaaS providers are providing. You're not delegating your private keys to these SaaS providers. They're just providing you the infrastructure, essentially. They're providing you the, the hardware, only it's, it's cloud-based and they manage it. Uh, in exchange for, I don't know, some sort of fee. But uh, it, it solves that problem for retail as well. So it's kind of those three problems that um, Liquid Stake is solving. Is that a roundabout, yeah. right? I, I, I think that's very accurate. I'd cool. actually like to add a, another problem that I think, well, maybe it's not a problem, but it's definitely a perk. Uh, and so you, you guys at, at Liquid Stake are enabling uh, non- um, non-multiples of 32 as deposits, right? And so not only can you de uh, deposit less than 32, but you can deposit something in between 32 and 64 and still get the ROI on that, whatever is above 32, which, you know, if, if somebody is staking 32 ETH on their own, they're going to be receiving ETH dividends. And so maybe by the end of one year, their 32 ETH grows into 36 ETH or something. But that extra four Ether isn't actually, isn't compounding. It's just that first 32 ETH. Right, and so uh, I th and from what I'm I'm gathering, because you guys enable um, partial deposits of 32, you guys are actually enabling perhaps an increased ROI by enabling people to have just more capital efficiency by that extra deposit. Is that correct? Yes, and in addition to that, your collateral grows. So ah, in in real ah. time, your collateral uh, will grow, and you could uh, in effect take more fiat out uh, or USDC out against that. And, and we do journal that accordingly. Now I want to zone in on this, right? To, to make sure I understand this because I, I said it, but I just want to make sure it's true. Um, if I am a retail staking in liquid stake, am I giving my private key to anybody here? So I've got ETH. Do I have to give custody to a uh, figment or uh, codify or anybody else? So it, you're actually sending your ETH to us. Oh, right? we are. Okay. Right. So, so it is that, you know, you're, you're giving us your private keys or you're really just giving us that, that ether. You'd right? have to have yeah. that, I suppose, because you've got to be able to liquidate. Right. Yeah. Well, we have to have a perfected interest yeah. in the collateral. Yeah. The perfected interest in collateral is the, is the big part of there, right? It's, got it. It's obviously if you gave us your private keys and you held them, Right there, there would be a cancel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't, you can't come to my house and get them. <laughs> of course, that brings right, up so an important difference because we, we were talking about um, how like a, a, a liquidation event might occur if somebody borrows a bunch of USDC, but then the price of ether drops, and so therefore the loan becomes underwater. You guys said that it was, it's very similar to how you know uh, MakerDAO or Ave does does this with their liquidation events, but on on something like on chain on Ethereum there's a transaction that actually happens that occurs that liquidates the ether from those applications. Is that also true for liquid stake or is this something that you guys have your own internal uh, ledger for that kind of operates not on Ethereum? Yeah, so this would be, so essentially what would happen is at a liquidation event, right, there is this price trigger. And, and that's what I was referencing is that ether is already locked up 
it's already under our, like we were saying, private keys. Mm -hmm. So it essentially becomes a journal entry of moving the assets under um, the borrower's, uh, you know, account to Dharma Capital. Mm-hmm. And, and so Dharma Capital becomes the then buyer of those of those assets. Um, I'll just say late in a, in a later state, um, after, you know, depending on how much this grows, that's something that we absolutely want to reach out to the community and say, if others want to be a part of this being a, you know, saying here, I'll, I'll be a buyer of those staked assets. That, and, but that's going to be a future state too. Uh, to us. Okay. So, and I do want to get back to what you said, James, was uh, centralization by decent with like um, centralized to decentralized, because I think here's what you're saying here is, um, you, you know, you guys would custody the private keys, of course, because you have to in this, in this model in order to provide the liquidity, but you are not doing the validating yourselves. You are essentially, I guess, decentralizing that to some um, staking as a service provider companies like Codify and Figment and Bison Trails. And I imagine you could add and maybe will add others to that list. Is that what you mean by decentralization that like you're not all, you know, staking it yourselves and validating, you're just Mm -hmm. distributing it to this network of SaaS staking providers? Well, I meant more of helping push proof of stake in general. For uh, I see in the community, uh, and yes, you can. Uh, you know, we absolutely are. You know, the way that we look at it is, you know, we vetted those three um, validating service providers, and they're awesome. We know that. Yeah. Um, and and so we use them, and and as you said, give over to them just that that the the tech stack to be able to manage the the staking side of things. Um, you know, we, so there becomes this, you could say decentralization for all the different staking providers that, that we then uh, connect to. Uh, but more so just, this has been a project where, okay, Ethereum has an issue. We, we've come up with an innovative product to be able to solve this. Um, and something else that I'd, I'd just love to, to be able to share about that is we've really worked with a lot of different partners in the ecosystem to bring this to market. You know, so, um, I mean, just our loan and, and swap documentation, that's all been codified through open law. Yep. And then open law ends up, you know, uh, encrypting the hash onto Filecoin. Ah, uh, cool. Uh, right. We're, we're getting to use all the different parts of the system. You know, we have, you know, obviously the validators, and then um, we also use Luca for basically making sure that all of that, that regulatory data and compliance is all met, right? So it's, it's basically saying here is blockchain in action, delivering it, you know, in a, a, a what I would say a simple, you know, uh, innovative financial product. Very cool. All right. So those are the wins for retail on the liquid stake side. On the Dharma side, you are also providing staking through a similar mechanism, but it has a different kind of regulatory interface, right? And right. here's the problem I think you're solving there is that institutions are leery of staking this early because in the same way retail is the liquidity issue. That's one reason, but other reasons are the ambiguity, the possible ambiguity of the um, tax situation, right? Maybe retail's willing to, to, to accept that sort of risk, but large institutions with stockpiles of ETH may not be. So with Dharma, you guys are providing essentially a bridge, a way to unlock all of that institutional capital, like all of the ETH that a, maybe a polychain owns or something. Um, you, you can essentially unlock that to be available for staking. Is that correct? Right. So all, all of these, um, these swaps, you know, um, they're, they're driven off of an uh, ISDA master so uh, International Swap Dealers Association Agreement. So it's a standardized agreement. And uh, there's 30 plus years of history of how do you treat a non-security swap? So it's ah. very, let's, let, I, I look at it as very cu- uh, cookie cutter. Um, and, and so for an institution who says, you know, we don't even need to uh, borrow against this, but we wanna know what is it, we wanna have that clarity Yep. I could just do that, right? So 
Um, it's, it really is much more just the institution gets to go, okay, great. I don't want to have to have this kind of vagueness on how do I treat these things? There's yeah. already enough, uh, you know, almost hair in how do I deal with the, these type of assets? And mm -hmm. so having the swap is a very standardized format. We actually have a, a facility where we, um, it's called an SDR, a, a swap data repository. So we work with the CME and we submit all of our swaps into them, who, which goes to the CFTC. And so the regulator is able to see all the different swaps that exist. Do you, do you guys have a sense of the proportion of uh, ETH that's held by institutions versus say like quote unquote retail? Not, you know, I say not, that we have $50 million worth of interest today based on this, in, uh, based on this news. That's the, on the institution side? Just in today's, uh, you know, notwithstanding what we've committed, uh, we've got uh, institutions with, 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 with that on, let's call it day zero, hour three that have reached out. Uh, Very cool. And, 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 and I think that, you know, this may not be the coolest decentralized finance DAP today, but what we are doing by employing best practices and things like AML KYC and using a swap dealer repository is we are bridging that gap for the institutions to be able to really enter this market confidently. Tax clarity, regulatory clarity, proper procedures, AML KYC. And there, there's, there's a time and a place for both the radical experimentation and uh the regulatory compliance and we're really sitting on that regulatory compliance side to pave the way for institutions to participate andrew did you say 50 million dollars as in 50 50 million dollars of uh potential eth deposits into liquid stake so it wouldn't be into a liquid stake it would be into the dharma swap facility ah, but okay. just since this, this news uh it's it's been over $50 million, you know, aside from the $50 million that's been committed already by us, uh, mm -hmm. that, that has reached out to, to have a conversation, um, basically institutions that have that amount of ether in the, in the first three hours. Wow. Well, that's, that's a fantastic, fantastic news. Do you know how much demand or how much demand are you guys expecting to have for ether deposits in liquid stake? Have you guys um, done any research or, or information on that? We, we haven't modeled per se, but just in the first four hours uh, since we've launched this news, uh, the, the, the interest has been overwhelming. That's good to hear. So tell us about the sign-up process. What's that like? Like say, say I want to come and, and give you guys some of my ETH to you guys. If you want to live a bankless life, you need to get a hardware wallet. There is no alternative for storing your crypto in a self-sovereign fashion. That's why I have four ledgers that I use to manage my different crypto assets using the Ledger Live account as well. Ledger Live is like your home base for managing your Ethereum, DeFi, and crypto accounts. It does a really good job of aggregating all of your different Ethereum wallets if you are the type of person that uses more than one, but you can also add other cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin or Cosmos or whatever your preferred blockchain is. And then it will display an aggregate portfolio of all your accounts at the main page. One thing that Ledger is doing a really good job of is enabling all the money verbs that me and Ryan talk about with the Bankless Skill Cube enabled in the Ledger Live app. So right now in the Ledger Live app, you can buy, sell, lend, swap, and stake your crypto assets, which is doing a really good job of fulfilling all of the money verbs in the Bankless Skill Cube. Something that's new to Ledger Live is Ledger Swap, where you can swap assets one for another directly inside the Ledger Live application, ensuring trustlessness in your financial activity on Ethereum and on Bitcoin. If you want to learn more about what you can do with a ledger, go to the blog post, The Power of Ledger Live on the Ledger website, where they share some of the more advanced things that you can do with your ledger that you might not have known about. There's a link in the show notes that will take you to the ledger shop where you can get your preferred ledger hardware wallets. I personally like the Ledger Nano X, but I also have both. They're both great options. When you own a ledger, you own your own assets in the way that they have been designed to be held. 
by the user and the user alone. So go get your ledger today to make sure that you are as self-sovereign as possible. The Bankless State of the Nations are brought to you by Wiren. Wiren is DeFi's first self-building community-run project, which I just get really, really excited about. Wiren is a system that seeks out yield in DeFi, and it does that in a number of different ways. Well, a very aggressive way is with the vaults, where you can deposit your preferred asset of choice, and different DeFi experts will come in and generate a strategy for what to do with your deposited token, right? And so it'll go find ways to get yield in that deposited token in DeFi. For those who want to just earn yield on their stablecoins, the earn system is for you, where you can deposit your preferred stablecoin and Wiren will go and figure out which money market on DeFi, and DeFi is producing the best interest rate, whether it's DYDX, it's Compound or Aave. It, it looks around DeFi to see where the yield is coming from and it directs stablecoins automatically so you don't have to. Check them out at yearn.finance to get started and also check out the stats page to see what other people are doing as well. It's good to hear. So t tell us about the signup process. What's that like? Like say say I want to come and, and give you guys some of my ETH so you guys can stake my ETH for me so I can perhaps later pull out a USDC loan. How do I sign up for this? So as of today, you can register uh, and onboard through an AML KYC service provider mm -hmm. uh, named Shufti Pro. Uh, it's almost completely keyless, meaning that you will have a picture taken of your face uh, through your through your laptop, and you can upload your uh, driver's license and 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 passport. And once that happens, uh, you're able to choose your preferred validating service provider. And when, when that is done, you have a seamless dashboard that shows your uh, collateralized ether. It will show your updated um, ether rewards that you're earning and basically the increase in your collateral as you continue to earn staking rewards. And then you'll be able to draw US dollars coin uh, against that. In the, uh, because we know that this is ex uh, the biggest use case of something like uh, Aave or, or MakerDAO, at least historically, has been to deposit Ether, pull out dollars, buy Ether, and deposit more Ether. Is that something that is <laughs> possible with <laughs> liquid stake? Here? Yeah, yeah, of course. One is able to do what they want with those US dollar coins. <laughs> so the answer is uh, yeah. yeah, sure, if that's if that interests you. And, but and, the real and, and really and really, what I would say is that. Prior to this liquidity product suite for Ethereum 2.0, uh, you really had people had basically bifurcated their Ether stack, if you will. And there was basically uh, two hands and one hand would say, I am comfortable with taking the risk of uh, phase 1.5 coming in either 18 months or 12 months or 36 months and I want to earn those rewards and then I don't really want to sell my ether but I need liquidity to pay my rent or to pay my phone bill and 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 basically it was a tale of two cities now we introduce the ability to earn staking rewards on all of it mm -hmm. and if you need that monthly payment for rent and the phone bills, or if you want to uh, withdraw US dollars and buy more ether or buy Filecoin or buy Bitcoin or buy a house, you're able to do so in this regard. So basically what I believe that th this is solving is that one way street problem. Uh, and it's solving it both at a retail uh, level and an institutional level. It's so, interesting that you guys are first out of the gate with this. Like, I don't think I've seen any exchanges offering this, this kind of thing, right? I, I guess that was pretty intentional to be first here. It, well, we don't care about being first. We believe in the vision of proof of stake. And we believe that a strong Ethereum is foundational to a strong society. And we are here to encourage that evolution. So say someone has deposited Ether, pulled out a loan, bought more Ether, deposited more Ether, and maybe they got a little bit too excited and they did too much and then, and then the Ether price drops. Do they have an ability to unwind or is it kind of a one-way street with the, their Ether deposits? So their, their Ether is 
it is deposited into the contract, right? So it is, it is locked up. Um, mm -hmm. It would really just be more of saying, do they have enough collateral to substantiate it, reduce down obviously the, the risk exposure. Mm -hmm. um, I was also going to say though, that on, on the part to alluding to of like, you know, being first out of gate, it, it really isn't, yeah, it isn't that. It's just that um, Dharma kind of sits in a very unique spot, right? That it's, it's actually willing its investors want to be long ether. They, you know, so this time horizon of holding for a year and a half, three years. You guys don't care. You're, you're long-term holders. You don't care. You're bullish. Permabulls. So we permabulls. Be able to journal, journal over that staked ether, right? Really becomes, easy, you know, becomes a much easier thing than if a, an exchange were to say, here, we can, we're going to go and do this. And then we're going to commit our own capital to being staked in, in ether. Yeah, so, exchange are a little bit more neutral, right? They they are not necessarily permabulls any asset over another. They're about the transaction fee. Yeah. So, oh, but by the way, with, we are with thematic. We are thematic investors in the Web three stack. Yes, uh, and 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 we believe Ethereum to be the connective tissue to to that entirely. By the way, I, I the the thing that David was talking about hypothetically about like margining your ETH guys, I, I just want to say I know that was hypothetical, David, but like don't do that. Yeah, don't <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. It, too volatile. I've seen many <laughs> get liquidated yeah. prematurely on assets they didn't want to sell by doing that. So be very careful. I do have a question about uh, design choice that that you guys seem to have made with with liquid stake. Um, some some staking as a service providers, or at least it's theorized that some staking as a service providers will, if you deposit your ether with them, they will return you a token that re resembles a credit on that deposit, which would be like a staked ETH token, where the token itself uh, has the interest baked into the token in the same way that Compound has their C die or their you know their C tokens. Uh, have you guys thought about issuing uh, a token like that so so at this stage we we, we looked at that in and you, you think of the world in here's how big the liquidity is of ethereum just freely traded ether right and then when you start to tokenize subsets so now let's just take the you know, bison trails uh pool okay now that that world has gotten a little bit smaller then you've tokenized that and now the people that want to participate in the the credit worthiness or the volatility of just that token, right? That becomes creating a token doesn't create liquidity, right? It, it's that can be just more of a, uh, you know, you, you have this representation, but there is no then bid ass market. So now if I'm a lender and I have to go and sell that token, well, what's the bid, right? The bid will be by appointment and, and there really won't be, enough there to substantiate lending against that asset. So, so that's why we avoided uh, going through the tokenize these, like we obviously what we could do is tokenize all of the things that we bring in. Now that's a subset. We then have that as a, a way that people in the marketplace could, you know, lend against it. Um, what I would say is call it future state. It will be more of as ether opens up and is now uh, has reached 1.5, now we would be able to provide that, right? So that, that's where I kind of alluded to the, that today, it's almost like we have to sort of shepherd that part of the, of the risk along. Once the development catches up, now we're in a great spot for everybody to partic participate in this. So I know you guys are permables on Ether and on Ethereum, and I know that the decentralization of Ethereum is very important to you. What would you say to somebody who looks at the solution and says, "Yeah, but guys, you're you're doing AML KYC, you're requiring custody of our private keys. Wasn't the original design of ETH2 so that I can run my own validator in my own home and maximize decentralization? Is this a centralization vector? What do you say to that person?" Well, I, I would. I say they're still welcome to. They're still welcome to absolutely do that. Uh, we want to solve the one-way street problem of liquidity. And, and we believe that that will further enhance uh, Ethereum 2.0. And we think that we'll be a small part of the Ethereum 2.0 proof-of-stake evolution. James? 
Yeah, I, 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 exactly that. I mean, it, 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 this is really just supporting so that decentralization can occur, right? So let's do certain stepping stones for the next year and a half, three years, and we can really set, uh, set up and position uh, Ethereum to be this complete decentralization. Uh, but, you know, there, there's different parts where you can help, you know, basically be a pillar, hope, you know, holding this up here and now great, now we can build from there. And, you know, both Andrew and I did that, you know, at Consensus, they've done a phenomenal job of, of really almost peppering the ecosystem with a ton of different types of products and projects that enable you just hold it up, right? And then it can take it to the next spot. Um, yeah, I mean, I spent a tremendous amount of time with central banks, regulators, banks, and all, all we were doing is to say, I wanna just move you from here one step over. I don't mm -hmm. wanna get you all the way into the centralized world. I just want you to understand this technology, let your regulations catch up, let your understanding of this technology catch up so that we can do a lot more, right? Today we're working off of, you know, uh, ancient uh, type of, of regulations um, think about, oh, I have a tokenized asset that's earning a reward that is on a new blockchain. What? That, that doesn't really compute for a regulator. And so this is really, you know, we just look at it as, here, we're taking these stepping stones. Mm -hmm. the, the way that I see this is that uh, with adding liquid stake into the staking ecosystem, you're not pulling away uh, people from staking at home, you're actually just adding more total options available for people who want to stake, right? And so there are people who are going to stake, stake at home, stake their 32, 64, 128 ether. They're going to do that at home. And just because liquid stake exists doesn't mean that they're going to stop doing that. Liquid stake existing means that it's going to be easier for a wider subset of people to stake their ether. And while it might be in a centralized fashion, there's going to, as a result of liquid stake, there's just going to be straight up more total ether staked to Ethereum 2.0, which at the end of the day is how we provide security to Ethereum. Agreed. And, and, and again, this is a temporary solution uh, for a temporary moment of time from phase zero to 1.5. And this is our best attempt at financial engineering uh, intersecting with blockchain bleeding edge technology to help solve what we believe to be a major issue in the Ethereum 2.0 ecosystem, liquidity. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing to zone in on. This is maybe sort of a, a solution for the next 18, 24 months or so because of that bridge problem, because depositing ETH2.0 to, ETH is um, just unidirectional at, at the moment. Um, so that's and, good. And and, and, and if I may, this is liquid stake 1.0. Uh, right. Just like, you know, everything has to start from a centralized manner. I'd be remiss if I didn't say we've already been researching ways to decentralize multiple aspects of this concept. Very, very cool. cool. That's exciting. Yeah. So we actually haven't talked about this yet. And uh, I would also be remiss if we skipped over it. How does liquid stake make money? We're doing this for free. This is a charity. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the same way as, as a, a collateralized lending facility, right? So, um, you know, our model is that we'll charge an interest rate. Uh, we'll charge a percent of the rewards rate. Uh, what, we're, um, what we're doing with the rewards rate side of things is basically saying, we're gonna charge a 5% uh, of the rewards rate uh, on top of whatever the validator service provider is, is charging. Uh, we're not, um, it, 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 we're not basically call it saying here, we're gonna change it a little bit from for this validator versus that validator or anything like that. It's just to make it across the board that is an, an evil, even uh, playing field for, for people to understand Here's, here's the cost of, of, let's say, optionality of being able to get a loan, right? And then, um, and then from the, the lending side of things, it'll just be an, uh, an interest rate, which uh, we're gonna, uh, we'll come out with uh, 
just as um, as the market goes live. Are you guys absorbing any of the uh, risks, like the slashing risks, for instance, right? So there is um, in, inactivity kind of risk when validators are down. There's also, of course, double sign risk, which I'm, <laughs> I'm hopeful all of these SaaS providers would never do that. But it, there's always the possibility who takes who incurs that risk. So you know, so we were saying before that we're aggregating all those pools, right? So okay. for whatever um, you know validator that you choose. Um, but whatever those, that slashing or whatever those pools aggregate, right, that's going to be passed on to, uh, to the individual. So okay. it's essentially you staked your ether, you had another thousand other people into that same, you know, validator service provider. And if some was slashed, you know, here or there, then, you know, part of your returns would be lower. Um, we are, uh, you know, adding to make sure that every pool has 32 ether, if any are slashed, so that it is maximized at least for the reward rate that it would earn. But but it is a pass through of basically whatever happens there happens there. Very cool. All right, so uh, guys, I want to ask you uh, another question. This is sort of tangential, but also I think related and definitely within your uh, within your wheelhouse. I would say you guys talk to institutions a lot on the Dharma capital side, of course, um, you know, even, even with sort of staking. Do institutions with, with ETH 2.0 going live, with Ether as an asset turning into a productive yield-bearing instrument, uh, Consensus put out a white paper, we've talked about it on a bank list. This is like a new internet bond, basically. That's what Ether is. And I love that analogy. It's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's like the D-bill, right? So it is a bond. Um, that provides yields. Um, institutions seem to understand Bitcoin. They, like over the last three years, they've started to miraculously enough. When I got in the space originally, they had they thought it was for criminals and drug lords, right? Now they get it. Like, oh, Bitcoin is new gold. Okay, I get that. Are they any closer to understanding Ether as an asset, as an internet bond, and will this help? It, they're getting there. They're not there yet. Okay. You are you are light years ahead of them. Oh, good. It's just still good time to buy. Okay. And and the bottom Thanks. line is that Bitcoin is now 11 years old. Uh, and and I would say a much simpler concept and, and has potentially a TAM of gold. And Ethereum has a TAM of a multiple of the global economy right now as we digitize all assets. And that becomes a substrate and settlement layer for the clearing settlement and automation of assets and agreements. And, and that's a lot to process. And uh, we will get them there. Uh, and, and that's what we're here to do. And that's how we hope to serve the ecosystem. It's hard, yeah, get, it's hard not to sound crazy when you say like, yeah, everything is going to become digital and it's all going to be on Ethereum. And then we have like this internet native bond market. And it was like, this, that was already like three bites to that. It were huge and too much. <laughs> yeah. Like, Brains people, explode at that yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and to this day, like it's like you said, it's like we're 11 to 12 years into Bitcoin and people are now just dipping their toes in the possibility of Bitcoin as money. Like the, the average, average legacy world is, is not, you know, still, still kind of like not really sure what the hell's going on in this Ethereum thing. We, we, we like to say that we like to live ahead of the curve and in the gray area. It, you know, but I would, I would also add with, with Bitcoin, it, not just that it's been around for 11 years, but just think about what happened this summer, right? So the OCC has now said that U.S. banks could custody cryptocurrencies, right? That's a, an enormous step forward in, in the marketplace. Then they also then came out after that to say um, you can hold the reserves for these stable coins to be issued. Those are huge statements for our marketplace, right? It's not just Ethereum, but, but to look at, you've had over, you know, I, I, I keep always looking at the institutional infrastructure, what's being built, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm excited about what Fidelity has done. I, I, I love the investment that the CME and, and ICE have done. Those are really important for institutions to be able to access these assets. Right? They don't have the systems in place to hold these kinds of assets. 
And then when you have the regulators backing them up, the New York DFS, um, you have the um, Confederate of State uh, Bank Supervisors coming out with expediting different ways for money servicing. These are all huge steps that lay the that infrastructure, right? So an institution can buy it. So after their regulatory clarity occurs, then they start to look at liquidity. Obviously, it's the same thing as what we're, we're doing with this kind of product is that how liquid is this? And so Ether, Bitcoin, those two are, have market caps and liquidity that enable an institution to be able to make that type of investment, right? And, and they don't want to buy something where they're like, well, I'm 20% of the issuance. Uh, that yeah, doesn't, right. really, doesn't really help me. Um, so I, I would say that, you know, um, there are, a, you know, a lot of that infrastructure is now it's maturing. There's more parts being added on to it. Um, you know, I think we'll probably be speaking to you guys in less than a month about something else that's going to be a really amazing institutional product. Hmm. And again, it, it's basically pushing people to here is opening the doors and hand holding those legacy institutions to understand it. Right? Absolutely. So, guys, yeah, um, good. these guys aren't saying it, but, but, but I am, I mean, you want to buy ether bonds before Paul Tudor Jones buys them. Right. <laughs> and that might be in a three to five year uh, time horizon. He's just now wrapped his head around mm -hmm. Bitcoin. So give him some time, give him some time. <laughs> We're early. Mm -hmm. Guys, thanks so much. Andrew, James, it's been a pleasure. We appreciate what you guys are doing in this space. Always a pleasure to have uh, Dharma Capital on and this liquid stake thing is pretty cool. We will include uh, notes in the show notes as usual. Uh, David, anything else we should say before we uh, conclude this, this Meet the Nation, my friend? Yeah, Ryan, I can't remember what video it was, but you we talked about the likelihood that enough ETH gets deposited by December 1st in order for Ethereum to, uh, phase zero to get launched. I gave my my uh, guess, I think I think I said 85% chance that it, we'd meet it. You said 95% chance. Uh, I'd like to bump my numbers up um, a little bit <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I can change mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. You can David and it. Ryan, you, uh, the community thanks you for the high quality content and education you put on. Uh, we really, from, from the bottom of our hearts, uh, appreciate all that you guys do day in, day out, every Tuesday. I love listening. I love watching. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah. We appreciate it. We do it. We love it. It's fun. We work for the protocol in the Bankless Nation. Yep. That's who we work for. Guys, risks and disclaimers. As usual, ETH is risky, of course, so is uh, DeFi and Bitcoin, but we are glad you are on the journey with us. This is the frontier. It's not for everyone, but thanks for joining us on the Bankless Journey.